Welcome to another episode of Pay Me What I'm Worth. You're listening to Soul Dancer, the author of Pay Me What I'm Worth, and your host for the next 30 minutes as we go into a subtopic about worth known as office politics. <laughs> office politics. I have a hunch that for a few of you listening, you might be dealing with office politics, and it directly relates to your worth in the form of your self-esteem. It may even relate to how much money you get paid or how much money you'd like to be paid. So for tonight, we're going to dive into the first of a four-part series regarding office politics. And to set the stage for this series, I think it's important that we set some ground rules. And the ground rules is, is there's always the number one ground rule to remember within the office politic setting is learn to listen more than you talk. <laughs> yes, that's ground rule number one. Listen more than you talk. As you start diving into office politics, if you really are vested in dissolving those politics, you really must become a very good listener. And if at all possible, listen more with your gut than with your mind. And what I mean by that, listen from a vantage point of exploring versus analyzing or judging. So, for example, if someone's trying to rope you into a particular drama, just listen to this person and really begin to listen for what other parts of the story seem to be missing. So, ground rule number one with diving into office politics is become an expert listener. Really begin to buff up what's called active listening skills. Active listening skills. Now, if you're not familiar with what active listening skills are all about, I highly recommend that you just Google it. Most likely you'll end up out on a Wikipedia site. And start practicing those active listening skills. Because number two ground rule that is fully supported when you have active listening skills is good boundaries or how to set solid boundaries, boundary setting skills. So in office politics, I'm curious, when you get involved in something, do you ever feel like you're you're being kind of pushed into a situation you really don't want to be in? Think about that for a little bit. Or conversely, if you're part of the process of <laughs> creating some office politics, <laughs> have you ever noticed how you might have to step over some of the boundaries that may already be in place. So if we look at this from two sides, from the side of being imposed upon or having your boundaries actually stepped on, then we have the other side. We have the side where someone's doing the stepping or you're doing the stepping over. So ground rule number one, be a good listener. Ground rule number two, practice setting healthy boundaries. Now, that can be a 
difficult issue, especially if you're trying to set boundaries with someone who signs your paycheck. <laughs> Nine out of ten, those boundaries should be covered in some type of job description. So if there's ever a need to wonder what are your true boundaries, check out your job description. See what your duties actually are. Nine out of ten, office politics, one of the biggest squabbles is, that's not my job. <laughs> have you ever heard that? That's not my job. I don't have to do that. That's not my job. And office politics can get really difficult when all of a sudden people have this notion that something that is really part of their job just isn't. And there can be a lot of drama around that. A lot of drama. That's not my job. doesn't tell me what that they They can justify. As we all know, we're, we're good at justifying. <laughs> we all know how to justify stuff. So, setting the healthy boundaries is a good way to begin. And by setting healthy boundaries, try and flip it around. Meaning, if you're not sure something is part of your position, ask. And if you're still not sure, ask them to explain it in a way that you feel comfortable with it. So, healthy boundaries, solid listener. That sets the stage for the first round of really beginning to look at office politics. And to help get an image around this, I invite you to think about when a drop of water hits a smooth surface of, say, a pond. Or for that matter, you can take your take a spoon out of your coffee mug or your tea and you can drip a little water from the teaspoon onto the top of your, your mug. And just look at what that water is doing. It ripples. When that drop of water hits the surface of the larger body of water, whether that's in your cup of coffee or on a lake, it begins to ripple. If you can keep that ripple image in your mind, you will have a wonderful way to begin to address office politics because there are so many ripples involved in office politics. And the companies that have engaged me to dissolve their office politics, the first thing I do is help them understand not only how broad the issue is, but how deep the issue is. The breadth of a problem can be symbolized in the ripples on the surface of the water. How far out does this office politic issue span? Is it something just kind of local between a couple of people? Or does this really ripple through a number of other people, places, resources? What's the impact? And that's where we begin our journey to start, for lack of better words, a scavenger hunt. In the process of beginning to understand fully the complexity 
of office politics, you must begin to put on your explorer hat. And it's critical, critical, that you, you understand the difference between the explorer hat and the analyzer hat. Two very different hats. How so? Well, think of it this way. If you ever take a pet out for a walk and they're sniffing around, they're exploring. They don't have a specific smell they're trying to find. They don't, the, the smell that they're looking for is neither right or wrong or good or bad. They're just out exploring. Or children, when children play, children have a wonderful sense of exploration. Exploration means you don't have a necessary outcome. You don't have a necessary destination in mind. So with an explorer hat, you can keep more of an open eye on things. You can listen more fully, see more fully, because you don't know what it is you're looking for. You're just exploring. See the difference? Because in, in, when you're putting on the analyzer hat, more often than not, when we wear that analyzer hat, we generally have some sort of answer or destination or outcome that we're either trying to get to or prove or disprove. Analyzing starts to narrow our vision, our field of vision. And <laughs> ironically, analyzing can kind of serve a, a, a rather nasty function. One question becomes two. Two questions become four. All of a sudden, ten questions become thirty questions when we start analyzing and nitpicking. That's not helpful when it comes to your first round of exploring office politics. And here's why. Imagine you are looking to understand a particular city. And you're in this foreign city for the first time, and you're walking along the street. And all you are seeing as you walk along are things that you can see directly in front of you, beside you, and behind you. If you look up, you see the sky. You look down, obviously, you see your toes. Analyzing mode is very much like walking down a city street. You're looking at very specific things, or you're looking for very specific things. In the explorer mode, in round one of really getting a handle on what office politics look like, I'm going to ask you to at least consider climbing up to a rooftop. <laughs> if possible, climb up onto a hillside so that you can look down upon the whole city. Get the big picture. That's the goal. That is your primary goal on round one of trying to handle or get a handle on a particular office drama. Big picture. That big picture isn't going to happen if you micro-analyze things. 
So by getting the big picture, you want to know the following three details. The big picture, three details. Detail number one, who's involved? Who all is involved in this office politics? And if necessary, start a tree. Start mapping things out. It might be you start at like something like a genealogy tree. Start finding out who are all the players involved in this office politics. And also what's involved. Who and what's involved. Are there specific resources? Too much of something, too little of something. So your first detective broad picture look in, in casting your net is who's involved and what's involved. Start taking notes. And once again, just keep on the explorer hat. Just because you may have found one or two people, are you sure there's not more? Just explore. Allow simple questions to be out there. Like, you know where this started from? And that leads to number two. Number two. How old is this office politics? Once you've got an idea, this question is going to be answered as you do the first of these three steps. The first step is finding out who all the players are. Now, as you begin to figure out all these players, you'll probably be talking to some of these players, and one of those questions might be, how long has this gone on? <laughs> Ask Every single person involved in the issue that creates the office politics, how long has this been an issue? Finding out those answers will open up the doors to a variety of wonderful ahas. It might just be, if you're really lucky, if enough people go, Oh my God, this has gone on for way too long. You know, when they stop and think about it, they stop and ponder. <laughs> you may get lucky and say, you know what, we need to nip this. You may get lucky with all of the players involved with that particular office politics. That when you ask the question, how long has this gone on? You might get lucky and have people will come to their senses and wrap it up fairly quickly. So step one, who's involved? Step two, how long has this been going on? The third step in getting the big picture data. Big picture data, third step, office politics, finding out just how large this ripple is. Is in one-on-one -on -one conversations with the individual players, Find out how they'd resolve it. What's their, what's their version of a resolution? How would they go about dissolving that particular office politics? And the reason why I'm saying one-on-one -on -one conversations initially is you might find you're getting, you'll receive more information, more uh, constructive information more quickly. Should you try the first time through to just kind of get everybody in the room and say, okay, how will we all resolve this? It can be very productive. However, it can also turn into a nightmare. <laughs> it can rapidly, rapidly turn into a nightmare. So the first round of gaining a resolution, item number three, 
is to just have a nice quick chat with each person. It doesn't need to be long and drawn out. It might be one of those wonderful things to do over lunch. And so at the end of this data gathering process for round one, one, who is involved? If necessary, you might have to include what's involved. So that first step is kind of a dual one. Who's involved? What's involved? There may be particular resources that are involved that either there are not enough of or too much of. Then find out how long the office politics at that particular issue has gone on. And as you begin to sort out how long it's actually gone on, you're going to be able to then figure out how a resolution, how much time that resolution might take. For example, <laughs> if this particular issue has gone on for quite some time, and by quite some time I mean three months or longer. Now, in some organizations that might not seem a lot of time, but quite frankly, when you're involved in office politics, does it seem like time just comes to a standstill? <laughs> so... Three months or longer, if the problem is, heaven forbid, years old, or, and it's not uncommon, and I have worked with these, decades old, then the resolution is going to possibly take at least half that amount of time. I work to reduce it down to a tenth of the amount of time. It is possible to take decades-old office politics and resolve them in less than a month. Absolutely possible. That's what people hire me to do. So on this first part, recapping what we've talked about to help dissolve office politics, the first and primary key issue, if you decide that you want to be the person to help dissolve that particular issue, is you must become an explorer. Put on your Explorer hat. Get out there and get the data as an Explorer. Don't have any particular right or wrong, good or bad, in or out in mind. Don't have any judgment involved in this. Put on your Explorer cap. When you put your Explorer cap on, get out there and see things from the hilltop, if not from the mountaintop level first. Get the big picture. While you're getting the big picture, your first parts of the big picture are, first, Who's involved or what's involved? Find out what's happening. What, how, how many people are involved? What type of resources are involved? And as you're talking with them, as you're beginning to gather your big picture data, then begin to get a sense of how long this has gone on. That is a key point. If it's very much ingrained in the office environment, you got to be careful about your next steps, and we'll talk about in that in our second show tomorrow night. Once you've figured out who's involved and what's involved and how long it's involved, it, then as you're talking with people, you might be able to, and it might be a little bit early, but you might be able to ask, how would you resolve it? What would that resolution look like to them? What would be their way of resolving the issue. Now we're going to begin to look at resolution in show number three. 
This is show number one of a four-part pilot series. If you're listening to this series and you plan to attend the next calls, do please consider chiming in. Call into 347-994-1704. That number stays the same throughout all of these series. It's 347-994-1704. Call in with your questions and we'll begin to walk through these steps. These steps are time-tested. I've used them for the past 20-some years in helping with office politics. And by engaging this process, you can help your office, your group, possibly even your family, live with much less drama, much less micromanaging, much less stressful of an environment. So as we come to a close for this call, recapping, number one, put on your Explorer hat. If you decide to start dealing with a particular office politic. Now, just for what it's worth, I will offer this notion. Be careful if you decide to be the champion of resolving a particular issue. And the reason why I say that is because in order for you to be the champion to do that, you're going to need some necessary resources. We're going to look at that in our next show. What type of resources are you going to need to resolve those office politics? That old saying, pick your battles carefully, is kind of what we're going to talk about in our next show. Because for all practical purposes, your best intentions might turn into nightmares. It may make the issue worse. So from that standpoint, it's kind of like, you know, you might find out you have a cavity in your tooth. Would you go in there and try and fix your own cavity? Probably not. You might be talented enough. You could, might do it. But I'd probably suggest hiring another person to take care of that cavity for you. Resolving and dissolving office politics is very much akin to having some type of illness where a professional needs to be brought in, the professional needs to diagnose the illness from a outside perspective. And once that diagnosis has been rendered, only then can you make some decisions on just how much can you play a part in dissolving that office politics. So the goal of this series is for you to just water your seeds of wisdom. You already most likely know how to dissolve a particular problem. And it may very well be the best solution. For the next few series, we're going to be able to help you sort it out as to whether or not you could take on the process of resolving some office politics. So with that thought in mind, for our next show, we're going to be looking at the concept of picking your battles wisely based on the material that you gained in round one. Round one, explorer hat, no analyzing. If you have difficulty with figuring out which is which 
analyzing and exploring, just post some questions down in the comment box below this show. And if you have a good response, put it in there. <laughs> so with that explore hat, you're going out there and you're getting the big picture. You don't want to be down in the forest, so to speak. The old saying of can't see the forest through the trees. Got to get that big picture first. And that big picture, once again, is you're going to first find out who's involved and what's involved. Who's involved, what's involved. Be sure to take some good notes as you're scoping it out. In fact, as you're asking people about, you know, who all's involved with this? Who, who do you think is tied up in this? Ask them if they wouldn't mind sharing some names. And if they share those names, you make sure they understand it's in complete confidence that you would never tell someone else, well, so-and-so told me you're probably involved. No, 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 no. Just share some names. And if they're uncomfortable with names, you might just ask for positions. What other positions might be impacted by this office politics? Show number three, we're going to look at doing some uh, mapping out of things, using a mapping tool to help with this rippling process. Once you have who's involved, what's involved, then, of course, finding out how, you're going to probably be able to deduce how long this issue has been an issue. The length of time that this has been an issue plays a key factor in what type of resolutions you may craft. While it is possible to end very old office politics fairly quickly, it generally needs outside support to do that. And I'm not saying that just to advocate for hiring me to do it. I'm saying that wise people generally don't perform their own surgeries. <laughs> Suppose you could if you had to. Probably not recommended. And finally, as you begin to find out who's involved, what's involved, how long it's gone on, you can begin to slowly tap into the wisdom of every person that's involved in the process by asking them, you know, what would you do? You, you, what are your thoughts? If, if you had a way to resolve this, what would that look like? And let them be detailed. And let them also know that you will honor what they share with you in an appropriate way. If they say, look, if I tell you how I'd solve it, I don't want anybody to know that I said the following things, then make sure you practice that confidence with them. On the other hand, if someone's giving you a great idea on how to resolve that office politics, ask, hey, do you mind if I mention that you brought up this great idea? Ask for permission. All along the process, of course it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway, <laughs> document, document, document taking up some good notes about this in and of itself is well worth your time and effort, not from some sort of legal standpoint, but from a, an ability to keep all your facts straight. That's something else we'll talk about in show number two. As we pick our battles, we're going to look at what's the difference between fact and fiction. <laughs> what are the facts? What are the untruths about things. So with that in mind, thank you for listening. You're listening to Soul Dancer, the author of Pay Me What I'm Worth. 
the last half, chapters 6 through 10 of Pay Me What I'm Worth, will offer you extraordinary insights on how not only to dissolve office politics, but make sure that those politics stay dissolved with ease and grace. Okay, if you want to get a hold of me, just dial 312-268-0000. Again, 312-268-all zeros. Let's get a book in your hands as soon as we can. You're also welcome to come out to pay411.co. That's the short version to get you out to pay me what I'm worth. Dot com. Just type into a new web browser, P-A-Y, the number is 411, and then dot C-O, not dot com, dot C-O. I look forward to being of service. Bye for now. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.